Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Awesome. How many of y'all enjoyed our Forward Kids today? Didn't they do an amazing job? Can we just give it up for them one more time? Amen. Listen, I just want you to understand something today. It's amazing to see our kids minister in, in worship, really. They just led a congregation of, I would say, three, 350 people this morning in worship into the presence of God. And can I tell you, that's amazing. For these elementary, preschool, elementary age kids to stand up here in, a con- in front of a, this size congregation and lead in worship, can I tell you, that's powerful. Can I tell you, we have a, a, a great and bright future here at Ford, amen? It's awesome. I'm gonna dive into a word today. It's probably unconventional for a um, kid's Christmas service. Talked with Pastor Jennifer earlier this week. She said, this is what our kid's Christmas program is gonna be about. We're gonna be talking about random acts of kindness or, or uh, Christmas acts of kindness experiment and, and she said, we're going to be really talking about the love of Jesus. And if you want your message to center around that, you, you can. If not, then that's okay. And I said, well, I always like to develop a message around what, you know, the kids' Christmas program is about. But I began to pray and I began to study this week. And um, God laid a word on my heart. You're going to get part of it today. You're going to get part of it next week because everybody who's here today is going to be here again next week. Correct? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So there's seven prophetic words. There's seven prophetic words given around the birth of Jesus. And we're going to look at the first three today. You've got to come back next week to get the other four. Come on, somebody. But there's really seven different people. Either They either received a prophecy or they gave a prophecy right around the birth of Jesus Christ. What I want you to do this week, I'm going to give you some homework. Amen. I want you to go, and I, I challenge you, not just this week, but throughout the Christmas, Christmas season, when you gather with your family, read Matthew 1, 2, read Luke 1 and 2. It really brings in perspective this Christmas season and what it's all about. We get so caught up in, in the busyness of Christmas. But you'll see these seven prophecies in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. And prophecy is really just God speaking to his people. Prophecy is is God showing himself or revealing something about himself to his people that otherwise we would have not known had it not been for him. And what his message to us through his son's birth is, I believe, revealed through these seven different prophecies. And we're going to look at this. I'm 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 really encouraged by these words, and as I read these, Really, one word jumped out to me with each prophecy. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to look at the first word today. Before I really dive into this, I want to, I want to pray and I want to ask God's blessing over this message today. And this is going to be different. I don't have a main text. I really have three different texts I'm going to read. So I want to pray and I'm going to ask God's blessing over this before we dive into the first word. Will you pray with me? God, I love you and I thank you, God, for this opportunity that we have to dive into your word. Just pray, God, that you would hide me behind your cross, God. Let everything I say, let everything I do today, let it be ordained by you. Nothing more, nothing less. 
We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. First word, salvation. How many of y'all know Jesus came to give the earth salvation? Jesus came to bring salvation to all men, to all people, to everyone, no matter what background, no matter what socioeconomic level, no matter what uh, tribe, language, nation you are, you are from, God came and God sent his son to this earth to bring salvation to all people. This prophecy was given to Zacharias. I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with the, with the person Zacharias, but Zacharias was the father of John the Baptist. Now, Cassie and I, we've been re-watching re uh, The Chosen. How many of y'all are familiar with the, the TV series, The Chosen? You know, Simon Peter refers to John the Baptist uh, in, in The Chosen as, as Crazy John. Uh, every once in a while, the, you know, he's, he's the long-haired preacher in the desert. He's a little different uh, camel's hair for, for a wardrobe. Wild honey and locust was his diet. But Zacharias is John the Baptist's father. And now just to give you a little background of this story, Zacharias is married to a woman by the name of Elizabeth. How many Bible readers we got in here? Wave your hand at me, okay. And Elizabeth was barren. And Zacharias is praying for Elizabeth to have a child. And Gabriel comes to Zacharias and, and he's in the temple and he tells him that they're going to have a son. Now Zacharias responds in a unique way. He really responds with doubt. He, he doesn't, even though he's praying for something, he still doesn't quite grasp what this angel, what this messenger is telling him. Zacharias responds, he says, how can this be seeing that I am old and my wife is advanced in years? Praying for a son, praying for a child, a messenger comes, tells him you're gonna, your wife is going to give birth to a son, and then doubts. That, that'll preach in and of itself right there, but we're not going to camp out right there. The angel tells him, because you doubt what I'm, what I'm saying and because of how you respond to this message, you're going to be mute. You're not going to be able to talk until your son is born. And his, when, he's, when John is born, they bring him to the temple for his circumcision on, on the eighth day. And, and Zacharias writes on a tablet, his name is John. And when he writes down on the tablet, his name is John, all of a sudden his speech is given back to him. And the Bible says this, and we're going to pick up with this story in Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 67 through 69. And then I'm going to pick up with verse 76 and 77. It says this, Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied this, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of what? To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Now we know John went before Jesus to prepare the way for the one who saves. John was a forerunner of Jesus Christ, but I want to camp out right here for just a moment. Here you have Zacharias, a father who doubted the word that came to him by an angel. All of a sudden, his son is born, his voice, his speech is given back to him. And the first thing that happens after his speech is given back to him, 
He is overcome. He is, he is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to prophesy over his son. He begins to speak over his son. And I just want, to under, I want us to understand something right here. And I, don't, you know, I know this is a Christmas program. You come to see your, your, your kids and your grandkids today. But I just feel this word in my spirit this morning. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon Zacharias, he begins to speak a word. He begins to prophesy over his son. And I just wonder how many of us today, under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, have actually spoken over our sons and our daughters? How many of us, through the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit, has actually, I've got a word for you, son. I've got a word for you, daughter. And I prophesy this over you today that you will be blessed. You will be anointed. You will. How many of us as parents have really got a burden for our kids under the power of the Holy Spirit like Zacharias did in this scripture right here? Can I tell you that was powerful? Can I tell you that God still speaks to his people today and prophesies through his people today? And I, I just want to challenge you as parents. I'm not trying to be too preachy today, but the first word that God showed me right here as far as the seven prophecies surrounding Christmas was salvation. And Zacharias told John, he said, you're going to prepare the way for the one who is going to bring salvation to the world. Can you imagine the mantle? Can you imagine the, the, the weight of the calling that John the Baptist had on his life, but yet because of the power of the word that was spoken over him through the Holy Spirit, through his father, Zechariah, he had the confidence to walk in that calling. I'm going to tell you something, parents. Your kids have a calling on their life. Your, your, your kids have a purpose over them. I don't know if you feel what I feel in these days, but we're living in the last days. And just like John the Baptist prepared the way for the, for, for the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, I believe God is raising up a generation of sons and daughters in these last days that's going to prepare the way of the coming of the Lord. There is a latter-day revival breaking out. And I believe it's coming through our sons and our daughters. I believe this generation that we witnessed up here on this platform this morning is going to experience an outpouring. The glory of God is going to be manifest through these sons and through these daughters. And the world is going to witness something unlike we've ever, never seen before. Yeshua means God saves. And the message of Christmas is simple. All can be saved. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is our salvation. Not just for heaven, he saves us here on this earth to live a life more abundantly. He saved me from a horrible, horrible, sinful life. Can I tell you something today? A lot of times salvation, we look at salvation as nothing more than just Praise God, I'm on my way to heaven. And thank God for that, that we don't have to die an eternal death in the pits of hell, but we get to live an eternal life in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all of eternity in New Jerusalem. Thank, thank God for that gift. Thank God for salvation. But can I tell you, salvation is so much more than I'm on my way to heaven. Salvation means 
an abundant life in the here and now. Salvation means I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word. Of, I want to know how many of you have a testimony in here today. How many of you have God, has God established a testimony in you that I once was this way, but because Jesus showed up in my life, I'm no longer the way I used to be, but I, I walk a little different. I talk a little different. The things that used to have me in bondage no longer have me in bondage. I need to calm down. See, that is what Jesus is. He is salvation. He is our salvation. Please don't ever forget that Jesus is our salvation, that Christmas, as busy as it gets, going from this place to that place, all the Christmas, all the presents, all the things that go on, don't forget salvation. It's a free gift to everyone. Can I tell you, he's blessed me and my family. He's blessed me with, a, with, a, with an awesome family, with an awesome ministry. Now, I don't, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm pastor of Forward Church. I don't pastor the church down the road. I don't pastor the church up the road. I don't pastor the church across. I pastor what? Forward. I think we've got some of the best people around. And I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm a little biased. I understand. It's, it's like a kid, it's like a, 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 a dad or a mom with, with their kid. You know, as a mom or dad, you think your kids are the best kids, right? I'm a little biased. I think our church is, is one of the best churches. But I want you to understand, we would not be where we are. I would not be where I am today had it not been for what Jesus done in my life. And can I tell you, not just done in my life, but continually does, can I tell you the gifts and the benefits? Somebody say the benefits. The benefits of salvation it isn't just for that moment when you pray that sinner's prayer. But the benefits of salvation continue every single, how many of y'all know he's got new mercies for us? Every single day, giving praise in this house. The second prophecy I want to look at is found in the book of Luke. We're going to be hanging out in the book of Luke today. Chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. This is the story of Mary. Gabriel announces Jesus' birth to Mary. Picking up with verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you. Now, hold on to that word, too, because we're, we're going there. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going there. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor. Somebody say favor. For you have found favor with God. I want to know if you think you found favor with God today. And if you don't think you found favor with God, buckle your seatbelt because I'm about to show you something right here. This word favor in the Greek is charis. Charis. C H A 
C-H-A-R-I-S. It's where we get our word charismatic. How many of y'all has ever heard of the word charismatic? Many of you think that charismatic just belongs to a Pentecostal denomination. But when you actually study the word charismatic, charis actually translates 130 times in the Bible to the word grace. Charismatic put together, charismatic actually means grace gift. So if you've received grace from Jesus Christ, and if you've received grace from God, guess what you are? Charismatic. Look at your neighbor and say, we learned something new today. Look at your second choice and say, it ain't just for Pentecostals. <laughs> See, it translates 130 times as grace, and six times in the Bible it translates as favor. I want someone here to know today that because Jesus was sent to this earth over 2,000 years ago, we can find grace with God. We live in what we call the dispensation of grace. This is what Christmas means. God's grace is extended to every person in the world. Can I tell you something? God doesn't have more grace for me than he does you. God doesn't have more grace for you than he does me. God's grace is extended to who? Everybody. So in a sense, now I'm about to blow somebody's theology in here today. God doesn't have favorites. He has favor, but God doesn't play favorites. Meaning, I, I'm going to... I'm going to play favorites, and I'm going I'm to bless this person more than I bless. No, his blessings and his favor is extended to everyone. It's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to walk in it. It's up to you to walk by faith, not by sight, knowing that God's grace, knowing that God's favor is upon you. See, the difference in some people is that we don't, sometimes people doesn't realize that God's blessings and God's favor is upon them. Because sometimes we choose to believe the voice of the enemy instead of the voice of truth that God's grace has been extended to the world because Jesus Christ purchased my grace, purchased the favor of God, and therefore it's a free gift for me to receive. It's not something I earn. It's something I receive. It's not, you need to, you need to get a hold of this today. I hate to sound preachy and say you, you, you. But we need to get a hold of this today. We need to get a hold of you can't make God or force God to love you any more than he already does. And a lot of religion will tell you that you have to earn God's grace. That you have to earn it and you have to work for it and you have to chase after it. And one of these days, if you're good enough, maybe, just maybe, you'll receive his favor and his grace upon your life. But I've come to make some religious demons in the house mad this morning. Some of y'all just got nervous. It's okay. Grace is undeserved. Grace is unearned. Grace cannot be purchased with money. Grace cannot be even purchased with good deeds. But can I tell you, it was purchased by the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And can I tell you, if you'll receive it and walk in it, you will find favor and you will find grace. This is what Christmas means. God's grace is extended to every person in the world. It's God's gift to every person who receives it. 
Some are not more favored than others. We are all God's favorites. I always, I, told my, I tell my congregation this all the time. I tell, I tell our church this. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He'd walk by it every single day. He'd look. The Trinity's hanging out, showing each other. You see my church. You see my, you, you see my children. You see our children. That's, that's, my, that's our bride. We are the apple of his eye. There is no other creation other than you and I. We are made in his image. There's no other creation that, that is made in his, his image other than, than you and I. And when he looks at us, can I tell you, his love for us, his favor, his blessings, why would not a good, loving father give good gifts to his children? It's what the Bible says. His grace is sufficient. We have all found grace with God. Number three, this is the last one. It's the story of Elizabeth. Referred to Elizabeth earlier. Luke chapter 1, 39 through 45. I'm going to land the plane with this. Mary visits Elizabeth. I'll just let me read the scripture first. Picking up with verse 39. I'm going to read through 45. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Actually, when, when it says, when she greeted Elizabeth, that word can actually mean that she blessed or she honored. And I could preach right there because there is, there is, there is favor and there is blessing that we can walk in when we, when we show honor to whom honor is due. That's, 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 that's a sign that you are walking in the will of God and walking according to his plan for your life when you show honor to whom honor is due. And when, when, he entered the house, and when they entered the house of Zacharias, she greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting. So when Mary honored Elizabeth, that the babe in her, which we all know is who? John, John leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit. You have two, two ladies prophesying over each other right here. One of the prophecies surrounding the... That's, that's just like a bunch of women when they get together, ain't it? I hear that takes place in one of our people's house, some... Come on, somebody, at a prayer meeting. Might want to go try it out sometime. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Hold on to that word, because we're going to talk about that next week. How many of y'all know joy is a word of Christmas? You can, look, you can have joy. You can have joy. Blessed, verse 44, 45, blessed is she who believed. Somebody say, who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from the Lord. I want you to understand we are blessed because Jesus came into the world. If Jesus, can I tell you, without him, there is no blessing. Without him, there is no life. Without him, we would not have anything. The curse of sin 
has been removed and reversed and God's blessing has come to all who believe. The curse of this world, the curse of sin. There is nothing in this world that sin has not tainted, that sin has not touched. But sin no longer has any power over the life of the one who believes and puts their faith and their hope in Jesus Christ. This world has no authority. The enemy has no authority and sin cannot cross. I want you to hear this. Sin cannot cross the bloodline. When Jesus and his blood is applied to your life for the remission or for the forgiveness of your sins, the enemy no longer has any authority over you. The word blessed, can I, can I mess with your theology again today? Is that okay? <laughs> it messed with my theology. That's why I'm making, not really a joke, but trying to lighten it up a little bit in here. I've always thought that, and, and this is true, joy is a gift from God that can never be taken away. Happiness is an emotion. Meaning, a lot of times, you know, happiness, it, it, you know, we're not all the ways going to be happy. But, but I want you to look at something right here. I like to study things in Greek and Hebrew in the original language. More times than not, when I looked up the definition of this word right here, blessed, do you know what it meant or what it means? Happy. Fortunate. That makes it a little... See, some of y'all looking at me hard. It actually means happy. Well, pastor, I'm not, I'm not happy. All, listen to me. We've all experienced sadness, and we will. But we don't have to stay sad. Jesus came to bless us. Jesus came so that we don't have to stay stuck in our sadness. Jesus came so that we can have hope. Here's, here's what I want to talk about here. I'm going to close with this scripture, Acts 3, 26. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Now, that in and of itself is true blessing, meaning that Jesus was sent to give me the power and to give me the opportunity through his sacrifice on the cross that I can turn away from my sin, be forgiven, my sins will be cast as far as the east is from the west, no longer under the old covenant are my sins just covered for a season, but my sins are washed and I'm turned and I'm, I'm no longer who I once was, but I'm living a new life. That is true. That is a true blessing. And I really want to say what I feel in my spirit. That is true happiness. The world can't really understand what true happiness, no one in this room can really understand what true happiness is apart from Jesus Christ. I'm just, I just want to say it. I'm going to throw it out there. People think that the, this and that will make them really happy. Or when this happens, when I, when, I make, when I achieve this, and I'm not minimizing your achievements, but those things are only going to bring fulfillment for a season. We don't know, and, and, and I wouldn't know, and you wouldn't know, and this world doesn't know what true happiness is until you experience the love, the grace, the goodness, the mercy of Jesus Christ in their life. 
God sent Jesus 2,000 years ago to turn us from our sins, to turn us. In that, we are truly blessed. Last statement. I'm going to lock this iPad and I'm going to get out of the way. It's a lie of Satan to believe you're going to have fun and then turn to Jesus. That's what the world tells our children. Sow your wild oats. Do what you want to do. Go have fun. And then, you know, when you get ready, come to Jesus because the rest of your life is just going to be miserable after that. They may not say that specifically, but that's what they mean. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And I come to debunk that lie and replace it with the truth today. I'm not going to, they think whatever, fill in the blank, go have fun. They think that what they're doing then, or, or maybe, maybe I need to make it personal in the house. Maybe, maybe this is resonating with somebody in this house this morning. You think you're having fun. Brother, sister, I just want you to understand something. And I'm not trying to brag. I almost hesitated when I, when I thought this, but I was like, God, if this is from you, I'm going to say it. We have fun around here. We do. We have fun around here. And, it, and it's not me bragging. I'm just saying something. One of my pet peeves is when people get out of their car and when they come to church and, and we act like we're coming to a funeral service. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Walk in the front door of the church like this. Somebody needs to experience the favor, the blessing, the goodness, the love. I've got to close. Sons, daughters, moms, dads. Jesus came to give us salvation all through his grace so that we can experience a life unlike any other life that this world could ever give you in a million years. You could, you could have everything that this world has to offer a million times over and it still would not measure up to the life that Jesus has planned for you. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.